We're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and yo, yo. We're back. Our first Welcome episode. Live ever. to the Swishing Well Podcast. I'm your host, Z Money. We got JB over here with the swag. Oh, oh, swag alert. We got ANF over here looking like fucking cyberpunk genius motherfucking keyboard master wizard i can't tell from this angle can't tell can't tell but uh, it's happening it's all right we'll have a different angle in the future i could just set up that camera too but it's a lot of work shout out to my rick and morty fans that was a rick and morty reference (laughs) 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 am i right I can do a pretty good Morty impression. Oh, Rick. Is that good? (laughs) I don't know if we had a good enough sample size. Yeah, the two words that she said sounded just like him. I don't know about this one. (laughs) I can't do it. You tried it. I could try to do Rick. Morty. (laughs) Morty. 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 Get over here, Morty. I, I guess I'm gonna tell you, Morty. Uh, fuck you, Morty. <laughs> right, that's <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, good, let's talk basketball. Let's, let's talk go. fucking basketball, baby. Hey! I just crossed another person over and told them guard up. Guard up. That's a song. Go look it up. It's by Pushiesty. Wait, what's his name? Yeah, you got it. Eee, gang, gang. Guard up, fool. Um, yeah, basketball, Lamella Ball, as always. Man, I swear, Ballin. if you didn't know that this man was gonna ball out hard as fuck, then you just don't know basketball, son. I knew he was going to ball, but this, this man is living up to his last name. For real, yeah, ball yeah, yeah. is life. Heesh. I just it's, like I knew he could ball, but like think of the hype behind the ball, brothers. Lonzo, he can ball, but he couldn't Dog. live up to his hype. He just Lamello did. Is. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. That just solidified it right there. No. Hold no. up. Okay. Hold up. I, I, I watched the whole thing unfold, okay? okay. Let me describe <laughs> to you folks at home what happened. Today is Tuesday the 9th. They're playing right now. Picture True. Lonzo at the top of the key, right? Top of the key. He just got the ball. Pump fake three. Uh-oh. Okay, now he's somebody's on D. Who is that? Oh, shit. That's John fucking Wall on defense against Lonzo and he's he's deed up his arm his legs are spread out he's in the he's in the like you can't you can't fucking get past me bitch little boy little man he ain't fucking moving past me and Lonzo's like oh okay uh what should I do here oh swag to the left fucking beats John Wall to the basket and that's not all folks after that sequence this man Wall is heated. And I'm a Wall fan, but Wall is heated. He's like, nah, fuck that. He gets the ball. He goes in the post. He tries to post up LaMelo. Oh, I'm sorry, Lonzo. Yeah, LaMelo doesn't work. Play. Don't bring LaMelo into this. I'm mess. sorry. <laughs> the, 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 the L's and shit, man. Too, too many. But yeah. But yo, doesn't work. Lonzo contests that shit. John Wall bricks it with a reverse layup and. and Oh, that just solidified it right there, man. Like, I knew Lonzo was getting better and is, like, showing signs of greatness. But, like, 
bro. He just beat John Wall to the. He did, <laughs> but I think everyone knew Lonzo was a really good defensive guard. Uh, offensive though. I mean, he can he can he he scores like you know seventeen points yeah, a game. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't regularly beat niggas like John Wall at their own game. Got to give it to him. He Gotta does not do that. He does not do that he at does, all. He does little nice passes and. Yeah, yeah. He hits That's shots, true. but he doesn't. Like now he's beating niggas to the hole. I mean, he's not Lamelo though. Right. Let's just say that this Lame. man got twenty four points. Twenty four points. Seven of them were threes. Yeah. Seven threes. Twenty one points, and the rest he only had. I mean, this he is only Lonzo's had third year. Yes. Right? Third. Third. Lonzo. Yeah, yes. Third or fourth. Second. No, he came in the year before Zion. No, nah, it's his fourth year. Because oh. yeah, he was a senior when dude was freshman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years at the Lakers. This is his second year at the Pelicans. Oh, He's he had was four years two, oh. to try to grow, and Lamelo's already doing it at his first year. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. In his first few games. Yeah. Lamelo's <laughs> gonna be rookie of the year. Grow like right before your oh, eyes. Yes. Right before your eyes. There was no growth. He's like been consistent well, first the game, whole time. His first game though, zero points. Right? Yeah. There has. I been, bet all the haters were like, like, "Oh, fitting, he finding his sucks. way in the NBA. He fucking sucks." <laughs> I don't think that was NBA. a problem though because he did get a fair amount of assists. He was still working, and yeah. he came off the bench. This was his first start. I'm just saying, that's what the haters were probably saying. Sucks, he got zero points. He's like his <laughs> brother did his first game. Bust. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's but, exciting to have the quick overreact hype yeah. take. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that's how it could have been. This man's just a baller. Oh, yeah. LaMelo's just been doing his thing. I think that Charlotte was real lucky when they got him because they ain't going nowhere no time soon. Yep. So, nope. whoever. Didn't draft this man first or second. They they don't know basketball. They don't know basketball. No, that's not necessarily true. I don't know. That's not necessarily true. I don't true. know. This man it's is probably a because, No, but we don't know the politics of what goes on right. behind the scenes. It's <sighs> Michael lot. Jordan. Michael Jordan was like, oh. I'm about to get LaMelo. Yeah, he straight up was like, I'm, I'm like getting LaMelo. LaMelo. Oh, okay. MJ. He's like, all right, let's give it to Mike. Otherwise, he'll fucking... <laughs> Get mad. <laughs> His team has been sucking for I don't know how long. Yeah. So he's like, like bro, I'm getting star. this nigga. Like, I'm getting dude. I have to. Even though I think. I bet somebody was like, well, Michael, uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> and he was just like, he gave him the look. And then they were like, just kidding. Oh, okay, Michael. It's like, all right. But I think James Meisen will be a multi, you know, like. What's it called? Perennial All Star. Oh yeah, but, he'll um, be. Yeah, he'll be straight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, Lamelo though, he's gonna be the superstar, the franchise player. Yes, that sir. The Hornets need. Oh yeah. Whether I or mean, not Lamelo wants to, because that's what it's gonna be up to. It's gonna be up to Lamelo after oh, yeah. his rookie contract is over. I think that they did this so they can start the rebuild. Like everybody has their rebuild. They're going to mm -hmm. focus this around LaMelo, and that's the reason why they got him. And I think that maybe that'll work for them because maybe that'll maybe that'll uh, get them a couple more draft picks or better picks in the draft. <clears throat> yeah. You know what I hate? 
lazy passes. There's a lot of them. There's a ton of them. <laughs> That's why there's so many turnovers now. I feel like I'm pretty careful when I pass the ball. <laughs> Probably rarely pass the ball. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, LaMelo, who else do we want to talk about, y'all? We could Brad talk Beal. about the we oh talked about Brad last week. We could okay, okay. we could wait a little bit. Still um, a G though, Brad. Still a G. Get the fuck out of there. Um, we could talk about the D Rose trade. Oh yeah, D Rose. D Rose to back to the Knicks for <sighs> we should talk Dennis about Smith Jr. How do you feel pick. about D Rose as a as a basketball player as an overall as is, like right now or overall what he's done in. Like his like, career. No, like just a brief like what would you say without looking at his two K rating? What would you what would you give him for a two K rating? Oh, um probably an eighty. Okay. High seventies. Yeah. I'm high seventies. Are you? Because you're you're an actual D Rose fan. Like yeah. he's the reason why like I'm wearing cat. this hat. Yeah, seriously. He's the reason I'm wearing this hat. So with but your, anyway with your biased opinion. <laughs> I also don't play 2K a whole lot, but I I do agree with that 80 just because I think he has been putting in work. And he's the only reason why the that anybody was talking about the Detroit Pistons last year. Literally anybody. True. The, the when he was on the Timberwolves, that people started talk people started talking about the Timberwolves. Nobody was talking about the Timberwolves. <laughs> So they started talking about the Timberwolves. He, yeah, but nobody was talking about the Timberwolves, even even though they had Carl Anthony Towns. Like I feel like nobody was talking about the Timberwolves. I'm just and then they got actually nobody talking about it. <laughs> For real though. And then you know he went to the no he was at the Knicks. He went to the Timberwolves. He went uh, to Detroit, and now he's back at the Knicks. He's not gonna help the Knicks out, honestly, but they're the Knicks, so it doesn't really matter. There was once a point in time where they're the Knicks. Was, yeah, they're the Knicks. <laughs> right. What exactly. happened to that? But, boiling, dude. I got beat real bad the other day on 2K by Vintage Carmelo on the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Uh, who was I? Fuck. Uh. Headband Melo. Yeah, no, I got beat bad though. <laughs> Bro, Speaking I love Derrick Rose, man. With the Heat right now, could turn that on. Oh, I was the Celtics. Uh, they they're not playing classic yet. Celtics. Oh, you're the you were like with Bird? No, like Rondo. Oh, oh Allen. That, that that Celtics. And Melo balled out on me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Man, Steph Curry doing Steph Curry things. Tonight. Steph Curry beat. I think he has to do it though. Like he, he has to, but <clears throat> he was out last year. He couldn't ball. I mean, he would have still balled last year. He would have balled this year, but I think now he's just like, uh, he has that mentality where he has to ball and he has to dominate and his team needs to not be last like they were last year because <laughs> yeah. they were last by a lot. But wasn't that purpose on purpose, do you think? To get Wiseman? Yeah, but they didn't have to lose that. Like, they weren't even close. They didn't have anyone, dude. They had no one. They had a bunch of scrubs. They're the G right. team. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, they weren't even close to the person 14th in the conference. Right. They 
didn't have a so choice. no it wasn't on purpose but well, I mean, that's how their team was at one point they were like all right let's just have fun <laughs> <laughs> at a point you gotta be like Shit, man I mean, and i've been watching fun, guys <laughs> i've been watching draymond green bro oh oh Swiss and Army not knife. only him i've been wanting to say this for the past couple of weeks but kelly Oubre jr bro what about him that man needs to he needs to go somewhere else he is hindering the team <laughs> yeah 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 big time Definitely. he he don't score he don't he don't do nothing and he tries to play like, d but doesn't really work out like that this man is boo-boo he is garbage <laughs> he is basura for real it's like they need to do something with him because they need to get harrison barnes back they need to do something <laughs> they need to do something yes and then draymond green i feel like the last couple of games he's been hindering to hindering them too like he nah draymond go ahead and retire bro oh yeah did you see him yeah. take that half quarter eight seconds left but yeah. they're like tied it, or something. It he looked like he, he wanted to oh uh, get a Chuck the half court with eight Are seconds left. Yeah, yeah. it, it really looked like stupid. he wanted to get the foul, but even then, it it's like, court, bro, fucking idiot. Yeah, he was oh. dumb for was that. Just open, just give it to him. Yeah, wow. he was dumb for that, for real. <sighs> Draymond, yeah. you you got money from you know from the championships and stuff. Just. Just retire. You retire. You had a good run. You had a good retire. Run. Oh my god! You got you say I say outlandish things. Hell no. <laughs> you don't want that man I to retire, dude. No. <laughs> Why not? Where would he go? Because he don't belong on Golden State no more. Draymond. Yeah, yes. he does. No. We just don't think so because we're not seeing them with Clay. We've seen him. This man. is two years Bro, without Clay now. The I don't reason even care, why that man. team fit together was all three of them together: Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Nah, bro. They I had don't this see weird trifecta chemistry thing. But he can't score. He yeah, is not he is scoring together. like he. It doesn't matter. It was, was scoring was Clay when Clay and Steph there. He didn't need to. He just needed to do everything else. That that's was his role. Yeah, yeah. But now yeah, but he's, he's not even doing so, that. I so feel like what I'm saying is now he's trying to do too much without what I'm Clay there. Is that was his role, and now he's trash. So no, Move now on. he's trying to do too much. So it seems like he's trash. But like, <laughs> I don't know. He was never gonna be better than what he was with those two players. Yeah, for sure. Like that was his role. Ask him to do yeah. too much. So and like he's he's, he's good now. He got money. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he saved. Hopefully he invested. <laughs> retire. Please retire. Uh, I'm just kidding. or go somewhere else. Kind I don't of, know, man. Not really. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I just if the Bucks got him, then you guys be like, no, oh my god, bro. Draymond's yeah. the best. Nope. Yeah, he'd be I way just, better than Bobby Portis. Uh, he yeah, would be. Yeah, would. I just, <laughs> I, I just don't mess with Draymond like that. Honestly, I just ta I like talking shit about Draymond because he's yeah, yeah. I have I have players like that too. I have he talks a lot like of shit. Too. So true. I don't know, man. I just don't mess with him like that for real. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I've seen him fuck up so many times. I would have never picked him out of my team. <laughs> yeah, you pull a fucking Jr. Turnover. Smith in the yes, turnover after turnover after turnover, and then making bad decisions. How are you gonna pull up from half court with eight seconds left? That was a Jr. Smith play. Henny. Yes, no, the Jr. Smith play, dude. Like, what are you doing, bro? 
<laughs> God. Anyway, who else y'all liking? Who who you guys liking to see? Uh, talked about the rookies. Oh, we haven't talked about the. Uh, let's uh, talk about the whole Hornets team. The whole Hornets team. Okay. Graham is that. a beast. Yo, I've been using this the team on 2K, and I've been beating everybody. Lakers, uh, Clippers, like hard teams, good opponents, because it's a well-rounded team. So you got Lamelo at point. You got Graham at two, but I like Graham coming off the bench. So I put like whoever else was in there. Hey, Rozier. No, he was out on 2K for this last week. Um, and I forgot about him. Like, that's even another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Rozier. Uh, Cody Zeller is underrated. Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I was going to talk about him. Gordon Hayward is looking really good this year. He is Mac Biombo. I take it back. Yes. I'm Biombo sorry. Biombo is such a good backup to have. Yeah, you, Gordon Hayward. I'm hater. sorry, Gordon Hayward. Uh, <laughs> you're balling. Uh, you just... you. You got your money, bro. Yeah. You got your perfect money. Perfect for this Hornets team. Oh yeah, perfect. I don't know what the rest of these fucking got. Caleb Martin, Cody oh, Martin. Okay, so those are Malik twins. Monk. Yo, oh, Malik Monk's good. Those two twins are ballers, dude. They they are so good at defense, and they they're were, rookies. They're, they're whamming on niggas. Wait, they're not rookies. They've been in the year for. They're rookies last year. Yeah, but really? they were, they, they yeah. were whamming on people. Like Their dunking defense on them, is they pretty can good. Three. Their defense is amazing. I think that the so, the the cool. Hornets' whole defense, yes, they like you've been saying, alike. bro. The defense, the Hornets' defense. I feel like that's why they've yeah. been winning. Yeah, Cody Zeller is really good <clears throat> defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. He can he can get in there and uh fuck uh bridges miles bridges oh my god he'll yes. get up there you can lob at him all day with Lamelo. yes sir he's a scorer and then mcdaniels is all a uh, power forward who's good off the bench yeah he's a scorer for real yeah that whole stacked low-key stack jordan knows what the fuck he's doing bro you got two twins who can who look exactly alike <laughs> and can ball out but I hope he knows what he's doing. I wouldn't say it's stacked. I I would just say it's finally looking good after yeah. years of just terrible, <clears throat> terribleness. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't Washington say it's snap, stacked, but... Bro, low-key, you're going to say it's stacked in like two years or a year. Well, once they develop, I mean, right, they right. have yeah, a yeah, really yeah. young see, team. I see the future, though, baby. I see the future. This third eye is open. Yes, this team is stacked. I don't... I don't care about what y'all see now. I'm talking about <laughs> later. This is going to be a contending team, I promise. Okay, so we had a little bit of technical difficulties here. Lost uh, some of the podcast due to audio issues. So we started watching this video about Giannis and his career path. So we're just going to jump in there. Oh, yeah. Shout out Dom2K for making these career path videos. You have a bunch on YouTube. Check it out. How many times have we looked at a potential prospect at the onset of any given draft and said, man, if he reaches his potential, we've certainly done it more times than we probably care to count. But the amount of times this actually panned out, well, for one of the rare times, it's currently panning out before our very eyes and just proves how much we take it for granted. Giannis Antetokounmpo did not have to be this great. He could have remained this scrawny kid with loads of raw physical talent waiting to be tapped into. He could have disappeared within two years 
years and nobody would have noticed. Yet, two MVPs and a Defensive Player of the Year award later, we're talking about when his first championship is coming and critics are starting to get restless. The 2013 NBA Draft was not one that seemed to have a clear answer to many teams' problems and that much was confirmed when the Cavaliers, to the surprise of many, chose Anthony Bennett first overall. Typically, if you're a bad team in the business of drafting with a high pick, you're not looking for a project that may or may not work out in five or so years. That being said, it was no surprise when a skinny kid from a foreign country went 15th overall to the Milwaukee Bucks. It was the perfect situation for a talent that needed the time he did though. No spotlight, no expectations, just a total rebuilding situation that nobody expected to hear from anytime soon. Meanwhile, with the selection, they unknowingly already had their all-star core for years to come, having acquired Chris Middleton the season prior. All in due time though, as Giannis's rookie year would be nothing special as expected. The Bucks appropriately won 15 games while he averaged 7 points and 5 rebounds while playing the small forward position. That in of itself would set a trend for the confusing process of figuring out the best way to maximize his physical gifts. Would he mostly handle the ball? Would he put on weight and be best in the post? Further confusing the matter was how the game was changing throughout these years, featuring more and more big men that could shoot the ball so that hanging around the post simply wouldn't be enough. In any case, his sophomore year would be cause for excitement. His minutes would arise to 31 a game and all of a sudden he was averaging 13 and 7 on nearly 50% from the field. The Bucks under new head coach Jason Kidd would also immediately improve to a 500 record, meaning all of the momentum was in the right place. Giannis himself wasn't dominating yet, but he was showing clear flashes, and this was fairly significant improvement in year 2 for a prospect that looked as if he could be lost in the shuffle as just another what if. Another sign of hope was Milwaukee not only making the playoffs, but winning two games against the Chicago Bulls, which was more than anybody could have expected of a team that had just recently been tanking. Interestingly enough, this was all after losing their number 2 pick Jabari Parker from that year's draft. After nearly 25 games, he'd go down with a torn ACL, permanently altering his expected path to superstardom. Of course, it's impossible to say, but had Parker reached his potential at the power forward position, Giannis's career could look slightly different given the full adjustments that led to his dominance. Part of those adjustments would come in 2016. Here, coach Jason Kidd let it be known that Giannis would see point guard minutes, which was viewed as the ultimate test to how much basketball was changing. Big men were shooting and handling the ball by now, but what about a player that had the strength and physicality of a big man while actually running downhill like a guard? Positionless basketball as we know it. And if the experiment worked, well, that's where we started to use words like scary as it referred to the Greek freak. 15 games after becoming the official starting point guard for the Bucks, he'd go on to average 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists while tying LeBron and Magic for the most triple doubles before age 22. While he wouldn't always officially be listed as a point guard, this move truly unlocked the cheat code part of his game. Being able to take two steps into the three-point line and dunk, creating mismatches. Sure, the winning wasn't quite there yet, but the blueprint to his eventual MVP seasons were. Ironically, as history has unfolded, Giannis and the Bucks could have probably benefited from another year of tanking in 2015 with the possibility of picking up one of around four star level players in that draft. Instead, they dropped back to 33 wins in 2016, missing the playoffs, but gaining some level of clarity. By now, he was also beginning to fill in a bit, looking less like the high school kid he arrived as a few years back. Also, he and Chris Middleton for the first time would become the leading scorers of the Bucks, while Giannis was now up to 17 and 8 for the season, establishing the clear trend that he was in fact progressing towards his potential, especially given the realization of his guard abilities. They liked these so much so in fact, in that year's lottery, they choose Thon Maker, another extremely raw prospect with the tools to become a monster. 
The thought process then was that if they could unlock both he and Giannis, they'd have the prototype for the NBA's next unstoppable team. Ironically, their more important pick would come in the second round as guard Malcolm Brogdon. By 2017, it was less important which position Giannis was playing as his skill set and growth were well understood. He'd improve every single year of his career and still had quite a while to go. This was around the time you see fans pondering his impending takeover and the birth of the if he could shoot tag that still follows him today. With averages of 23 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists, he was now officially an all-star for the first time, had plenty of room to grow, and was merely 22 years of age. As it pertains to the team, making an unexpected strong comeback at the powerful position was Jabari Parker, who was putting up an efficient 20 points and 6 rebounds. If he could hold, the Bucks potentially had a core of 3 young, bright futures to be the next competitors in a sparse-looking Eastern Conference. Parker would promptly tear his ACL for a second time that February, taking what could have been the second best player for the foreseeable future out for good. The Bucks would barely make it back over 500, this time being sent home by the Toronto Raptors in 6. Giannis, however, in his first ever playoff series as the clear-cut leader of the team averaged 25 and 10 with 2 blocks per game, seemingly having taken yet another step towards superstardom. A couple of things happened in 2018 clearing the runway for Giannis's expectations. First, in November of that year, the Bucks would move Greg Monroe in a deal for Eric Bledsoe, totally clearing the space down low for Giannis at power forward and giving the Bucks a legitimate guard. Or another one anyways as Malcolm Brogdon moved to point, and now the team looked a bit more recognizable to their eventual contending form. Also, Kobe Bryant would issue a series of challenges to players, one of which was for Giannis to win the MVP. It may have been very slightly premature, but for the first time in his career, he would now average a double-double, putting up 26-10 in yet another year of improvement, and coming into that season even more filled out than before. The East was also now unsettled, with the Cavaliers having fallen apart around LeBron due to trade and chemistry issues, and the Celtics dealing with injuries to their best players. A full playoff run through the East wasn't expected for a team that again was barely over 500, but rumblings of Giannis becoming the heir to the throne were also beginning. At very least, a potential playoff matchup between he and LeBron was enticing, as if LeBron were to stay in the East, Giannis was set to be the challenger sooner or later. Jason Kidd had also been fired midway through the season, opening up a coaching vacancy that would soon be filled with questions even to this day. 2018 again was not the year though. The Bucks were matched up with the Celtics team missing its two best players in the first round, and if there were ever a time for Milwaukee to make a mark, it was there. That was also around the time the world found out that the Celtics were much deeper than their two best guys, as Boston would advance in seven, leaving much to be desired on the Bucks side. When exactly was the jump coming? Giannis could improve every year, the core was taking shape, but the Bucks as a whole had really only seen marginal improvements, and had made next to no noise as a legitimate player in the Eastern Conference. Giannis was only 23, but if we were talking about him being the heir to the throne, LeBron had done far more in his first few years in Cleveland making them a contender. How could the two be compared? Luckily enough, just around the time these questions were starting to arise, the oven was apparently done cooking. The Bucks would sign shooting big man and defensive stalwart Brook Lopez to give them size while still keeping space. Throughout the season, they would also pick up George Hill and another floor spacer in Nikola Mirotic. There was now essentially a defensive-minded team with a big man in Giannis that controlled the ball, almost totally surrounded by shooters. That would be fairly difficult for most teams to stop. Fortunately for Toronto, who'd been pretending for a few years by now, they'd made the decision to acquire a defensive specialist and two-way superstar Kawhi Leonard. The Sixers were well into their process, furthering it by acquiring two more all-star level players in Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, and the Celtics were getting their two best players back on top of a roster that came 
team within a single win of the NBA Finals. LeBron James in the Eastern Conference was also no more. The crown was finally open for the taking, with no clear winner or team with a significant advantage. It was as good a time as any for Giannis to take his last jump, where he was now an official superstar. 27 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, and nearly 60% from the field. It was a season where he put together stretches that often invoked the name of Will Chamberlain. And finally, with that, his team was following along too. The roster construction around a demigod that had unlocked the best parts of his game led to the Bucks being 4th in offensive rating and 1st in defensive rating. Yet, there was one glaring part of his game that hadn't progressed quite enough and that was shooting, or to be even broader, his offensive bag as a whole. Giannis's guard-like talent at nearly 7 feet tall allowed him to take advantage of defenses all season long. He could get into the paint at will, simply raise his arm, and finish over even the best of rim protectors. But when it came to diversifying his offense, there was still much to be desired. 2019 was the season that caused people to forget that at the end of the day, he was a big man. Even though we'd seen charts comparing his finishing ability around the rim to Shaq's. However, could a big man that still shot the ball every bit as poorly as a big man truly carry an offense to a championship? Playing the way he played anyways? Well, he could certainly help them get to 60 wins, which was the most wins the franchise had seen in a season since 1981, and the first time they were truly contending in even longer. He was quite easily awarded the MVP, and with it, the expectations that he'd be crowned the new king of the Eastern Conference. The Bucks would breeze by the first two rounds, sweeping Detroit, then gentlemen sweeping a Celtics team that had come undone long before the playoffs had ever begun. Yet, game one of that series did highlight the potential for problems down the road. The Celtics defense was able to shrink the floor on Giannis, causing him to shoot poorly as his team failed to knock down shots. It wasn't seen as sustainable for Boston's defense, but if a squad with the proper defenders to recover the shooters could do something similar, the Bucks strategy would, no pun intended, hit a wall. That's exactly what happened in the conference finals against Toronto. Not only did they have perhaps the league's best defender and two-way player in Kawhi, the roster was perfectly built to shut Milwaukee out. After winning the first two home games, Giannis would struggle to produce his regular season results and they'd disappointingly be disposed of in six. Kawhi Leonard had pretty forcibly taken the crown of the Eastern Conference, for the time being at least. Giannis had completed Kobe's challenge of MVP, but next on the list was championship. And looking back, a title the first time around seemed just a bit too good to be true. Here was a guy in his first true season of superstardom who'd not yet fallen short of any expectation. It would have been a sight to see him strike gold on his first attempt. In any case, the pressure would be even higher in 2020. He'd improved every season of his career and he couldn't snap that trend now that his weakness had been exposed in the playoffs. Furthermore, the Warriors juggernaut had fallen apart, meaning contenders no longer had an excuse not to win at all. There was a very clear problem from the start though. The Bucks came back with virtually the same roster they had when they'd lost. Same pieces, same coach that had caught flack for his lack of adjustments, and the same superstar with the same issues. Dominant in the regular season, with a glaring hole in his game that could be used against him in the playoffs. So truly, anybody could have seen the way that season was going to end. They were on a 70 win pace for much of the start. Giannis had again improved his numbers and was well on his way to another MVP, but one needed to look no further than their performances against the Miami Heat to see where it was all going. Miami was perfectly constructed to deal with Milwaukee's offensive game plan. Great team defense, great rotations, and a big and bam out of bio that had both the strength and speed to stay in front of Giannis. There was no way possible the Bucks would beat them in a series without him expanding his game. This was something James Harden alluded to in an interview that year, telling Rachel Nichols he would have loved to have just been able to be 7 feet tall while running and jumping, but instead, he needed to have skill. Was implying that Giannis was unskilled totally fair? Not exactly, but it didn't take much to see that if a team could keep him from getting downhill or into the paint with a lone defender, his options were extremely limited. This was the reason crowning himself in a game against LeBron James and the Lakers was extremely premature. Nonetheless, Giannis would cruise to yet another MVP, his second straight, another top seed in the East, and this time, a Defensive Player of the Year to go with it. These were all awards that would become rather inconsequential at the time, with the Bucks predictably losing to the Heat, 
But now in the second round, they hadn't even gotten close to the crowning achievement. That was a scary moment for Milwaukee fans and NBA fans alike, because complicating the matter was his expiring contract. Giannis was quickly approaching the drama-filled season of the final year on a superstar deal. He hadn't won in 2020, and without any major additions to the roster, how was it going to end any differently a year later? And history so far had shown us that stars didn't take too kindly to wasting their best and youngest years with a team that had hit its ceiling. Thus, their rumblings had already begun. The Bucks were doomed to see Giannis take the roads that had been paved by LeBron and KD. There were certainly plenty of places he could go that would nearly assure a title. His situation was slightly different, however. While it's true he didn't have a duo partner on the level of Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant, a lot of the Bucks' failure to move on could be directly traced to his weaknesses. Being the franchise player with a nearly game-breaking, explodable fault, look, it was one thing to be LeBron and leave a team that had failed to secure even a decent star, or KD leaving a star he clearly didn't fit with. But running after being one of the main reasons the team had fallen short, well, he said it himself. He didn't want his jersey to be burned, and he loved his city and team. Thus, without even allowing the drama to ensue on whether he'd test the waters or not, he inked an extension that'll likely see him play out the rest of his 20s with the Bucks. This is a guy who'd been famous for not practicing with other stars throughout the summer. The man who said he loved his city, that he'd been on a relentless pursuit to be the one to bring it another title. And unlike a lot of other stars, he actually stuck to those words. The right move? It'll be a while before we know that. Management did what they realistically could this offseason to improve the squad before he signed, but it's difficult to think they're that much better than they've been recently. The Nets have assembled yet another big three right in his backyard, and they've only got a few kinks to work out before they're the clear-cut favorites. Embiid currently boasts an MVP-type year in a time where the Sixers look like they finally reached the contending part of their process. And Boston has got their two star players that'll likely only become more of a problem as the years pass. There's a lot of very clear obstacles to his goals, but if he's able to win one, it'll be one of the more respected titles among superstars. With two MVPs, a Defensive Player of the Year award, and a style of basketball we hadn't seen much of before, we forget he's barely gotten his feet wet yet. He's got plenty of success and a good bit of failure coming his way that's inevitable with a star of his caliber. In any case, at this point, we only know one thing for certain. There is plenty of story left to be written on the career of the Greek Freak. That was a super good fucking overview of what Zianna's done so far. But y'all still said he uh, basically isn't a dynamic player because he can't shoot. Why are you attacking us? You, you're the one who's like, don't come at my boy D. That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> y'all be coming at my boy Giannis. That's all I'm saying. Nah. But I played that because it's like, I don't know. We haven't given him this time, enough time yet. He's accomplished so much in this short amount of time. I think we like all forget that, like his journey so far. You know, he just kind of fucking popped up now as a superstar used to be that scrawny high school kid not too long ago yeah i mean i think he's come extremely far i do hope that he gets a ring sometime soon i think last year was supposed to be the year that they do it but then he got hurt in the uh in the playoffs they went down 3-1 like the dude said in the video to miami i mean at least miami made it pretty far but yeah, yeah, I so still sad. think that <laughs> we could have beat, beat our team. Yeah, we could have beat the Lakers, honestly, in the playoffs, in the finals. Yes. Danny Davis played, sprained his ankle. Couple. I was gonna say it was his ankle. It he wasn't even. Yeah, it wasn't even like. But I also wasn't in that position. But I still think that they could have used him. But yeah. I also think that. Coach Bud doesn't – I think that maybe it's that he doesn't like to take risks, but I think that his coaching style needs to be 
I don't know, a little bit better. I don't really love the the decisions that he makes all the time. Me neither. Um, but they need to figure that out. Maybe he wants job security, but obviously they're not winning a whole lot. I mean, they've won recently, but they aren't yeah. winning against how they should. How they're expected. They're not winning against the Nets. They're not winning against the Lakers. They're not winning against, I don't think they played the Clippers too many times, but they need to win games that are harder games. And Mm -hmm. then they're out here losing against the Knicks, the Pelicans, teams that they should be winning against. Mm -hmm. I also also don't think that they should. Yes, they do. I also don't think they should have uh, traded Malcolm Brogdon, but that was probably the biggest mistake they made. Oh yeah, in the past. Well, in the this time frame was Giannis's rise. Yep, that's probably the biggest mistake they made. Because everything he's... else was pretty good. Even trading for Eric Bledsoe, we got get we got rid of Greg Monroe in that trade. So that yeah. was perfect. Fuck yes. Greg Monroe. Yeah, he's. I don't. I doubt if he's. I don't think he's playing in the league anymore. I haven't heard from him in a long time. But yeah, he's definitely better than DiVincenzo. He's better than... I feel like he would have been a better fit than even Eric Bledsoe was on the team. Mm -hmm. For sure. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Just didn't see much in him. But um, should we talk about other stuff than basketball? Doge to the moon? I'm really going to talk about some crypto. I've been like doing a bunch of research lately. (laughs) I'm kind of getting... Point where I gotta. Oh yeah, you're not saying anything. Yet, yeah, right? we gotta skip. When you don't say anything, you're like, okay, I'm done. All right, let's do it. Let's wrap it up, pussy. Okay, <laughs> bye guys. Wishing well. Peace. All in.